All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to be looking primarily at verse 23, uh, but within context, it'll be 20 to 27. So Proverbs chapter 4. So early on, once I turned 21, I was in the middle of going to school and I needed a job that would allow me to continue on at seminary. And so uh, I found a spot that did a lot for ministry. I worked at Boone County Jail and I wanted to learn the ins and outs of the jail because I feel like the gospel gives hope no matter how hopeless the situation. And one of the most hopeless situations people find them place in is in jail. And so I thought, I want to learn the ins and outs. How do I go about ministering to men in a place uh, where there's not much hope, and I wanted to see the gospel shine in that place. And so for three years, I, I worked at the jail, um, and the place where you did not want to be stuck is the control center. In the control center, you could open every door in the facility. And they usually gave it to guys that were a little bit older, a little bit uh, more experienced. It was a very important place to be. Well, my dad also worked with me at the jail, and dad did... Uh, winters only at the jail. He worked lawn care and to help uh, supplement his income he'd find odd jobs and one of them was working at the jail and because he was older they put him in the control center. The problem with that is he's not very uh, savvy when it comes to technology and so he's not very experienced at the jail but they thought to save his legs they'll put him in the control center and so I'm going down uh, it was 800 block right maximum security we got some bad dudes on this block and I'm going in and doing checks and I get to you you look into this door and you have four pods uh, four individuals in these pods and I see a door is opened and I'm thinking this is not good one of the most dangerous prisoners on the campus has a wide open door and my dad's in the control room who knows how long this door has been open so I go control room please close 803 boom I hear the, the button click, the door starts to shut, and then all of a sudden I hear yelling. What I didn't know was our sergeant for the shift was in the cell talking to the guy in the cell. He had overrode the control center, opened it up with his own key card, and it wasn't a mistake on my dad. So all of a sudden I see the sergeant, hey, open up, do, do, do. he calls three doors in a row, and my dad just starts opening up doors in the control center, letting everything open. I'm like, oh, this is going south. This is going south. Everybody's going to be fired on shift. Well, we finally got it under control. But it shows us that when you go to a prison or a jail, someone sees you before you see them, and they control every door in the facility. Well, today we're looking at something that controls every door of your life, and that is your heart. And so your behavior, your attitude, your thoughts, your actions all flow from a central location, and that is your heart. And so if you have a problem with behavior, you actually have a problem with your heart. So I want us to be careful as we look at this passage in Proverbs. I want to make sure we have the right diagnosis. There's two things that we need to apply today. There are some in the room that are in desperate need of a new heart. You need a new heart. You cannot do 
what Proverbs will ask you to do without a new heart. And so for, for some of us, it's I, I desperately need a new heart. I, I need my affection stirred for Jesus and the things of God, because right now I have zero interest in that. So you need a new heart. And then there's a group of people that have received a new heart, but you need to guard your heart. You're letting anything and everything come into your life, and you think you can escape without it affecting and influencing you. So either one, get a new heart, or two, guard your heart. But all of us have something to apply today. So I'll, I'll use uh, my dad as another example. Um, he went to the, actually his doctor, he was getting short of breath and something, his heart was racing and he'd go to the doctor and the doctor said, well, you just have an upper respiratory infection. So they gave him some antibiotics, but then a day later, um, he gets home, parks in the driveway, and he said he leaned over to open up the glove box. And when he opened up the glove box and sat back up, he was out of breath. And he said, you know what, Ben, I realize I'm not in the best of shape, but I shouldn't be out of breath leaning over to the glove box and sitting back up. I'm like, that's a good thought. He goes, and my heart's beating out of my chest. He goes to the ER, it's over 200 beats per minute. So the doctors rush him back and they look and what actually was happening was he had had 30 pounds of fluid on his chest and he had a weak upper heart muscle. They diagnosed it as an upper respiratory infection, not a huge deal. Weak upper heart muscle, 30 pounds of fluid on your heart, huge deal, right? And so when you hear this today, I want you to be sure you're not applying a diagnosis for maybe an upper respiratory infection when you actually need a new heart. Because this is very, very important. Proverbs will go into this. It's going to talk about our relationships, our language, um, how we treat people, how we deal with work, how we use our finances. And, and this is my fear. My fear is, well, I just need to do better will become our diagnosis when in actuality we need new hearts. And, and so I, I want to pray. And then I want us to be open to whatever God lays on your heart. And listen, God is moving. And he's going to convict you of some things. And you might be uncomfortable, but it's good news that God is at work in your life. And new hearts aren't scary when God is the physician. And so I want us to pray for God to move and for us to be changed dramatically today because God is real and he is alive and he is in the grace giving of new hearts business. And we desperately need God to move. All right, so let's pray and then we'll get to work. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that it jumps off the pages and into our hearts. I pray that you move in a mighty way. I pray uh, that we guard our hearts because we know it's the source of life. So, Father, I pray that you move. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, let's read this. First off, right here, verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance. And there's a lot of different translations all saying similar things. Uh, whether you have any of these translations are, are good, reliable translations of the Word of God. You have keep your heart with all vigilance. Watch over your heart with diligence. Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Above, like you get the idea of the first part of the verse, right? Keep a close watch. Guard your heart. We get that. Now, the second part tells us why. And, and I love how you see the main impact. You have four from it flow the springs of life. Or as the NIV says, everything you do flows from your heart. So the reason you lash out at your parents in anger isn't because you're a bad kid. It's because you have a bad heart. The reason we don't treat our spouses the way we're called to treat our spouses isn't because I'm a bad husband or a bad wife. It's because I have a bad heart. 
I've got to guard my heart because everything I do flows from the heart. And so number one, this is what we need to do before we dig into here. Number one, we need to get a new heart. You desperately need a new heart. We are not talking about behavior modification, right? And so this is, this is what we do in the classroom. We'll say Charles is acting up. Well, what will happen is someone will, will come over here and Charles all of a sudden gets a little nervous because I get by him, right? I should try this in church. When, when people start to doze off and I start to see the, the jerk of sleep, I bet if I walk close, people will say, oh, crud, what's the pastor doing getting close to me? That's called proximity. And behavior changes. But here, guess what happens? I walk away from... Now, I'm using Charles as an example. This is not him. I walk away from Charles, and guess what happens to his behavior? It goes back. So I, I walk close to a student. They put their cell phone up. Boom. But then I see another student across the way. Oh, he got his cell phone. I'm going to walk over here. Walk over here. Puts the cell phone. I look back at Charles. Charles got his cell phone back out. Right? Behavior modification strategies. Or we try the positive behavior reinforcement. Right? We even got a, a big old scheme where you could pay and get trained in this. And all this is is, hey, Chantez, I'm glad you're sitting up and listening, right? And what I hope is when I say it to Chantez, someone's like, hey, man, I need to get a compliment. And they start to sit up and lean forward. Hey, Brown, thank you for leaning forward, man. I appreciate you. And all of a sudden you look around and you're like, oh, good. All right, people are starting to catch on. Do it. Positive reinforcement, right? Or you can use negative reinforcement. Hey, man, we're going to give you a DT if you keep on being late to class. I don't care. Give me that DT. Hey, we're going to send you to cats. I don't care. I like cats. Hey, man, we're going to suspend you. You're going to give me a day off school for being late to class. Deal. Right? Like, oh, well, that's not going to work. And so we have all these behavior modification strategies. And I want us to be careful. We're not talking about that today. Right? You desperately need a new heart if you're going to have a new action. If you're going to have new behavior. It's an easy example. Dandelions are a lawn care guy's worst nightmare. What will happen is you'll cut a yard and you have beautiful lines in the grass, which nobody else cares about, but the guy who cuts it and the person who lives there usually does. And you see the stripes, you're like, oh, that looks good. Right? And you, you go, you leave. But then a day later, these pop up. And you just cut them. But they pop up. Now, some yards will spray whatever it is from Scott's Turf Builder, and all of a sudden, you don't see a dandelion. Why? Because it got to the root. You see, cutting dandelions just tucks the top off, but it doesn't touch the root. And what will happen is in a day, they'll pop right back up and make your yard look not very nice. But if you spray it and you kill that root, you won't have dandelions. I don't want you to treat your behavior like it's a dandelion. Don't just cut it. you got to get to the root. And so it's a heart issue. You desperately need a new heart. And so you, you see this in Ezekiel. Ezekiel's our passage. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. If you're taking notes, you need to write this one down. This is a very, very important passage from the Old Testament. And it talks about a day when Jesus will be changing lives. It's looking forward to a day where we get a new heart, new spirit. Ezekiel 36, verse 26, 27 says this, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. 
if you do not have a new heart, you're going to try really hard to look like a person that loves Jesus, but not be a person who loves Jesus because you don't have a new heart. This is what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to him at night. He's like, hey, uh, I'm interested in eternal life. How do I do that? And Jesus is like, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, what are you talking about? I'm an old man. I can't go back to my mom. It's getting awkward. And this is what Jesus is talking about. That heart of stone has to be ripped out and the heart of flesh has to be put in and God will cause you to walk in his ways. So I, I, I try to use this as an illustration. We'll see how it works. Heart of stone versus a heart of flesh, right? This thing right here, heart of stone, right? No matter how strong you are, this thing's not moving, right? Stone, it's, it's, not, mo it's not active. It doesn't change anything. This is what it is, right? Now, Heart of flesh, I, I like to use, play, like, I can shape this into whatever I want it to be, right? The only limits on this Play-Doh is whatever I can or can't shape. And so I want my heart in God's hands and Him shaping my heart so that it reflects Him in every area of my life. And so I want Him to say, hey, Ben, this is the type of husband I want you to be. Bam, that's what it looks like. I, I don't want to be like this. You should be this type of husband, but this is my heart. This is not changing. My, my heart's not changing. Ben, this is how I want you to handle your finances. I want you to give to others. I want you to use your resources for the good of others and my glory. I, I constantly want to be changing my heart to look more and more and more like Jesus. This is the type of heart I want, a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. A heart of stone's dead towards the thing of God. Now, it's alive to a lot of different things. Like, and so what we'll see is we'll have a lot of people affectionate about a game yesterday. Did you guys see how much praise was for UK yesterday? Down 18 in the second half. Come back and win the game by one. Awesome game. And I love it. I'm a UK fan. But I refuse to let my affections for a UK game trump my affections for the things of God. And it's amazing how... Many times, our affections are so evident for things that don't matter. I mean, honestly, think about how important a basketball game was yesterday. Not very important, was it? Not very important. And yet, moods were changed as a result of it. Now, think about what God is doing in your life and in the life of others. When someone calls on God for a new heart, it should be louder than Rupp Arena heading towards March Madness. I want to be alive towards the things of God. And so here's my question. This is how you can know. Do you have any affections for Jesus? Do you have any affections towards Jesus? Do you have any inclination to get here with the people of God on Sunday? If this is tough for you, if you can't stand gathering together with God's people, that's a heart thing. And you're in need of a new heart. If your heart is always, I don't want to serve, I don't want to give, this is my money, my time, this life's about me, that's a heart issue and you desperately need a new heart. This is where the diagnosis is so important. This is eternally important. I don't want you to try to be a better person. I want you to call on God for a new heart. So number one, check your affections. If you have zero affections for Jesus, you need a new heart. And so it's, it's kind of like, 
kind of like this light, right? A heart of stone, there, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It's off. It's dark. But what happens is God comes, takes out the heart stone, gives you a heart of flesh. Now all of a sudden, you've got something. And then your life, instead of being bent, going away towards God, is bent towards God. And your affections start to increase for the things of God. And all of a sudden, it's growing and growing and growing and growing. This is what happens when you get a new heart. Right? And, and so I'm not where I want to be. There's so many things that I struggle with, but because God has given me a new heart, I'm growing to be more and more and more like Jesus. I want to be with His people. I want to serve. I want to make much of Jesus. I'm blown away by the glory of God. And I'm praying that He is more glorious than anything this world has to offer. That's what a new heart does. And so some of you need to ask God for a new heart today. Do not put it off. It is not a hard thing. You're like, Brown, I have no affections for Jesus. I'll be honest. But I want to. Ask God for a new heart. Ask God to save you. That's why Jesus came in the first place. That's why he died on the cross. So that you can have life. He paid for your sin. He gives new hearts. You can be born again. And then, number two, not only do we need a new heart, we also have to guard our heart. So when you get a new heart, the call is now to guard. And that's where we get into this verse. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So here's my question. How are you keeping and guarding your heart? Whose voices are you listening to? Whose voice has the primary uh, determination on what you do? And I mean, think about how many people have opinions for you and how you should live and how you should think. Social media tells you how you should live and how you should think. The news tell you how you should live and how you should think. Your friends, your family, school. You have all these voices coming at you. The music you listen to has messages for you. Whose voice are you listening to? Now, this is where it's important to find the context. Look at verse 20. When you're talking about competing voices, look at verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. He said, hey, you need to listen to the word. There's a lot of things competing for your ear. Incline your ear towards what I'm saying to you. He said, hey, listen up. This is important. And then he goes on in verse 21, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. He said, don't get distracted by the other voices. Turn the garbage off. Focus on what I have to say. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. That's what we want. We want life. And everybody will have an opinion on how you should get life. But God's word is actually the one that gives life. And brings healing to your flesh. So you better guard your heart. You better let God's word be the sole authority in your life. The determining authority in your life. So when it comes to something like sexual relationships, God's word should be the determining factor on how you live out your sexual desire. Because God has a lot to say to that. He created that. And it's good if you live by his word. So incline your ear to his word. And then he's getting ready to talk about adultery. He's getting ready to talk about working. He's getting ready to talk about how you speak. 
Incline your ear to his word and guard your heart because everybody has a lot to say about how you should live. And if you're not guarding your heart, don't be surprised when your behavior does not reflect Jesus. I got a cell phone. I don't have a very cool cell phone. It's not a flip phone. But the only time I ever get a new phone is when this breaks. Right? If I jump into a pool thinking it's waterproof and it breaks, I'd have to get a new one. The one time I broke my cell phone, I'm over at, Rick, I'm over at your house. I don't know why I'm at your house. I don't know why I'm in a car. But I'm in a car, and I get out, I put my leg out, and sure enough, my phone falls from my pocket. Now, listen, I'm one of those guys that was super confident. I was super confident when I had my cell phone. I'm not going to drop my cell phone. I'm not clumsy. I'm not going to forget I got a cell phone. I'm going to keep, I'm not going to drop it. I'm good, right? And for a year, I was good. Right? It's, I don't need a case. I don't need a screen protector. I got this. No, I'm not, I'm not like Ava, my middle schooler. I'm going to keep, I'm going to make sure I take care of this. Right? And so I was a little bit arrogant. I was getting a little cocky. I get out of this car, and I mean, the fall is this far. That's all it was. It drops onto the driveway, and it's face down. And I go, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding. And it's one of those things where it's slow. You pick it up real slowly, like that'll help. I pick it up real slow. I'm like, ah. All right, there's, there's no glass down there. All right, I might be good. I flip that thing over, and that thing is shattered. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, I bet you I can still make phone calls. So I try to make a call. Nothing. I can't scroll through the pit. I'm like, ah, i got to get a new cell phone. But you want to know what I did after that? I got a little case. Now, listen, this isn't a cool case, but there's a screen protector. And it's a case, so if I drop it, it should be good. But you want, I, I didn't protect it. I didn't put any guards on my cell phone. Now, listen, what you do with your cell phone is your choice. When it gets to your heart, some of us live like I live with the cell phone. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. That's not that bad. I made it for a year. Some of you think you are making it, but you don't see the influences that others are having on your heart and your behavior is, should not be surprising to you. So when a guy runs off with another lady and leaves his wife behind, if... If he's guarding his heart, he's going to kill that way before he ever got to that inappropriate relationship. Some of us are handling pornography like it's not a big deal. So it's just up between me and this or whatever, guys and girls. Like, That's ah, not a big deal. Your heart is being influenced. And if you don't kill it, don't be surprised by your behavior. Some of us with drugs and drinking and eating, Whatever you want, don't be surprised by the behavior. If you don't put guards around your heart, you should not be surprised when your behavior does not glorify Christ. So I'll use the food illustration because I think it's one of those things that we think is an acceptable sin, right? We eat whatever we want, or at least that's one of my problems. And so one thing that helps me with food is not getting junk food. Right? So if I have a case of Mountain Dew, I'm going to be drinking a case of Mountain Dew. Right? Favorite drink. Yes, your teeth fall out, and it's terrible for you, but it is fantastic. Right? So I can't get Mountain Dew. Well, um, that also goes to like oatmeal cream pies. I, I don't need those. And if they're there, I just think it's a challenge. Right? They shouldn't be on the shelf more than a day. So we've got to get through these. Right? <laughs> well, sure enough, I'm doing better. I even, I even uh, sliced carrots the other day. Um, 
Like it's starting to get out of control the other way. Uh, and, and Ava comes in and she has these cupcakes, you know, and, and these cupcakes, they're huge and they're covered with icing. If you want a good cup, cupcake, cover it with icing. And, and you know, I thought, you know what, I don't need a cupcake. Don't, I'm going to stay away from that. It's nothing but sugar. But then she's like, Dad, I did this myself. And then I rationalized to myself, you know what, I need to be a good dad. I need to encourage my daughter, <laughs> right? I need to build her up. So I had two cupcakes, <laughs> right? Because I thought the first one was a fluke. Uh, and I'm just thinking, man, you know what, this is how it happens. Now, now we're light when it comes to, to food and eating healthy. But man, I want, me, I want to put in safeguards in every area of my life because my behavior flows from my heart. And so I'll use a, a, a little bit, an example, and it stung a little bit. This past week, I talked to, to Ben, to a couple of you guys Friday. Uh, Julianne called me out this week. I said, you know what? If I can just make it through March, I'm home free, right? I'm done meeting with students, with IEPs, and, and I, I'm done with basketball season. And, I, and I'm thinking, man, if I just get through March, and then... Julianne goes, you know what, Ben, you're always looking forward to being finished with something. You know, and she wasn't, she wasn't rude or snarky about it, but man, God used that to drive that home. Ben, your problem's not your schedule, your problem's your heart. You are always looking forward to the next thing. And so the heart issue is not, man, I just want to be over, be over, be over. My heart issue was contentment. Where's contentment found in? Is it in circumstances? No, your contentment should be found in Christ and what he's done for you. So I used that, and I was like, yeah, you know what, Julian, you're right. I love March. You want to know what? You want to know why I love March? Because of basketball season. I thought, oh, no, basketball's not where you find your contentment. It's fun, and, and it is, but tournament time's great. But even when I go, and so you see how deep heart issues go? And so I had to get back to, no, my contentment is found in who I am in Christ. And then I use verses, like I found a psalm, uh, Lord, teach me to number my days so I can gain a heart of wisdom. Here's the crazy part. Charles, how many more days we got with Miss Chapman? Not many. We're in our fourth quarter, right? So I'm, I'm in relationship with students on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, only for a few more days. And, man, they need to hear about God and who Jesus is and how much God loves them. And, I'm, and, and meanwhile, here I am. Like, man, if I just get through March, spring break's coming. Uh, a couple more days, summer break. Right? And, and so God used that. I'm thinking, man, I need to guard my heart in this area. Now, listen, all of you have different things you struggle with. But the behavior's not your problem. What's your problem? The heart. So you better guard it. You better guard it. So... Moving on, and then just four things that, that are very, very um, easy to apply to our heart. And you see this in 24, 25, 26, and 27. 24, 25, 26, and 27. If you see your need for a new heart, you ask God to give you a new heart, and you're guarding your heart, then it's time to go. Get moving. Live it out. And you see the, the four areas that Solomon points out. Uh, number one has to do with your speech. So watch your mouth. It says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. You want to know what happens when you fill your heart with God's word? Your mouth overflows what's in your heart. And so the problem with cussing uh, isn't the bad words. It's either anger 
built up in your heart, bitterness built up in your heart, and it's spewing out your mouth. It's a bad heart. Gossip, bringing people down, talking about others. That's not the problem. It's a heart issue. And as you fill your heart with the Word of God, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? The Word of God. You can encourage somebody today. You can be a source of light in your workplace by your words if you guard your heart, you pay attention to His Word, you write it on your heart, and then watch how it changes what you say. I'll use an example. Um, Coach Hop, you guys know Coach Hop. It's his birthday today. If you guys number, tell him happy birthday. I don't know how old he is, and if I did, I wouldn't tell you. But it's his birthday. One thing that he always says is Shazam. And I thought the first time I heard that, I'm like, man, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. Why is he such a big fan of Shaquille O'Neal and his movie? But then I realized that's Kazam. So I'm like, well, maybe I should say, all right. And then what happened is after enough seasons coaching with him, we'd have a big play, and guess what I'm yelling on the sideline? Usually in unison, in unison with Coach Hop. Shazam! There you go, Shazam! There we go! I picked it up from hearing him again and again and again. You see, that's what happens with the Word of God. If you pour over this, if you incline your ear to the Word, guess what's going to come out of your heart? The Word of God. The Word of God. So, watch your mouth. Number two, oh, and going back to the, the Word of God, at school, we, we had the cool saying, abla, which would mean, hey, watch your mouth. And we wonder why things don't change at our school. Your words will never change if you don't guard your heart. If you listen to the same music everybody's listening to, your words are going to match. You have to to guard your heart. Watch your mouth. Number two, watch where you're going. Don't get distracted. One voice leading the way. Make sure that that voice is God's. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it helps us out. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, which are good things, hobbies and other things that get in the way of the best thing. But then it also talks about and throw off the sin that clings so closely and let us run with endurance. How do I run with endurance? The race that God has set out before us. This is how you look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith. If you want to run straight, if you want to keep on keeping on, you better keep your eyes on Jesus. And verse 25 just puts this. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Get Jesus on your mind and keep your eyes there. A couple weeks ago, I was trying to do my taxes. And I have a brother who's an accountant that gets paid to do this, but I've got TurboTax, and I feel like I'm a professional, right? One, you get a tax deduction if you pay taxes for your vehicle, for the vehicle registration. So, I'm, hey, listen, I'm getting everything I can. Well, I'm in a hurry. I want to get this done. It's raining. My vehicle registration receipt is in the truck. And I'm thinking, you know what? I think I can get there. I'm going to dodge the raindrops, get to the truck, get my vehicle registration, tax stuff, come back, finish my taxes. I'm not going to put it off. I'm going to get it done. Well, on my way out, I see a garbage bag. All right, well, I'll take that out. Do that real quick. I said, do I need shoes? Ah, it's a little cold and it's rainy. No, nah, it's going to be quick. So I, I don't have shoes on. I got a garbage bag, and I start to run. And I'm telling you what, on my first step off of the porch, first step, we have a sidewalk that's about that much higher 
than the other sidewalk block. And my toe hits that sidewalk. And I thought, this is going bad. I thought that in my head as I see the trash bag start to open up and as I start to fall flat. And it wasn't a, a, like one of those slow falls. I mean, it was boom, bam. And I hit the ground. I got holes in my shirt. And I'm looking over at all the garbage out here. I'm like, what just happened? I'm just trying to get to the truck, get my stuff, go back in and pay taxes. So I start to pick up. And sure enough, you know what's in the trash. We got eggs. I'm picking that up. We have cream cheese. I go to pick that up. Oh, it's just nasty. So now I can't go to the truck. I got to go back in. I finally get the bag to the garbage can, go back in. I wash my hands. I'm like, I'm going to try this again. You know what? I'm not falling this time. I even put shoes on. Put my shoes on. Boom. Run to the truck. I'm soaked by this time. Open the truck, get in, turn the light on, go. And, and I knew this. I need to turn the light off when I get out of the truck. Find the stuff. I think it's right with the right date. I keep every insurance card that I have, and usually none of those are right. So I just take the whole thing. I go to shut the door, lock the door. My keys are in the truck. And listen, I don't have those high-tech things where you can do it, do it, or a code, or a spare key. And I'm thinking, this is not good. So I'm trying to get a coat hanger through the top to pop the lock. I can't. I had to call a locksmith. Cost me a lot. Whatever I saved in taxes, I paid for with the locksmith. And I finally sit down at the couch, and I'm thinking, what just happened? My hand and knee are still bleeding from the fall. I've changed shirts, ripped my great shirt that I play basketball in. And I'm thinking, all for this. You, you see, I got distracted. All I had to do was go out to the truck, pick up the paper, come back in. But no, I had to do this, 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 and this. Sometimes that's our lives. We don't keep our eyes on Jesus. And what happens when you don't keep your eyes on Jesus? You're going to go every direction. Whose eyes are you on right now? Where are your eyes right now? Get them on Jesus. Keep them on Jesus. Keep watch of where you're going. Number three, wonder where your path is heading. I, I love this one. Verse 26, ponder the path of your feet, then all of your ways will be sure. Your life's headed a direction. Do you like the destination your direction is taking you? Do you like the destination your direction in life right now is taking you? Here's the sad reality. In our school, I see young men and young women choosing uh, certain decisions right now, and I see the path that they are on, and I know where that leads because I've seen it the last seven years. And if they would ponder their path, they could change their destination. And that comes through guarding your heart. Some of you, some of you need to look at where this thing is heading. Uh, we were at a wedding. Julianne was in the wedding. And uh, I had the youngest. She was the, uh, the, ring, or the flower girl, right? And, and they had her on a wagon. She was young. And she, she didn't even know how to throw out poles. But she wanted, she didn't know how to do? Cry. Cry. And, and at a wedding, you don't want to be the one to interrupt the vows. And so I have this thing of Cheerios, right? This little bowl, cute bowl, Cheerio bowl. And at first, with the ceremony, I'm like, wedding shouldn't take too long, right? I'm giving her three at a time. She's she putting them down. But you want to know who she is? She's quiet. And then I notice that this guy doing the ceremony has a lot to say. And I look at my bowl of Cheerios. I'm like, oh, this is bad. I know where this is ending. So we go to one, right? And this guy's not winding down. And we still haven't gotten to the vows. We start going to half of one of a Cheerio. And then I start trying to play games with her. Uh, I'd move the Oreo. She'd go to grab it. <laughs> I got it. 
man, I knew where this was heading, right? Sure enough, we run out of Cheerios. She looks at me. I look at her. I'm like, don't you do it. Don't you do it. You see the, the tears start to well up. You see the cheeks start to fall. Oh, oh, this is bad. You know it's going to be a loud one. You know it's going to be a loud one. Luckily, we had goldfish, a bag of goldfish in the bottom of the bag. I'm like, oh, but if I would have realized I needed to save these Cheerios, I could have done it. I could have done it if I looked at where this was heading, but I, didn't, I never looked. Now, Cheerios, wedding, not a big deal. Your life, huge deal. Some of you are on a path that will lead to destruction. Ponder your ways. Watch and look where you are going. And then finally, the, the last thing, walk straight. You're not going to be perfect. Even with a new heart, right, and guarding your heart, you're going to mess up. And so when that happens, get back on the path. Confess your sin to God. Ask for forgiveness. Trust that He forgives you. And then get back to walking straight. The best time to avoid evil is right now. Make up your mind right now to aim your life away from what is evil. That's what verse 27 says. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And that's something you can do today. If you struggle with a website, if you struggle with money, there's some things, some precautions that you can put in. Uh, some of you need to cut loose of some friends. Because every time you hang out with a certain group of people, you see certain things happening. You're like, that's not good. That doesn't honor Jesus. I care more about Jesus than I do having a good time at this time with these guys. Because there's nothing glorifying God here. Those are the tough decisions that you have to do. That's what it means to turn away from evil. I'm headed this way. Who's coming with me? And I'm, I'm going to close with this one. Um, I'm tired of hearing about people's plans for changing the city of Covington. And so this past week we had a, a staff meeting and, and this lady, and she has great intentions, but her big idea to keep kids safe in Covington is once a month on a Friday night from 6 to 11, we're going to host all the kids to come in and hang out. And we're going to have teachers volunteer their time to come in. We'll provide them food. We'll play some games, and that will keep them safe. The only problem is there's more than one night every month. right? So, what, so we're not going to keep our kids safe most nights of the month, but one night on a Friday, we're, we care. And here's the other thing. If we don't get to the heart of the matter, nothing's changing. So you, you want to know how you change Covington? You want to know how you change Covington? God shows up, and He changes hearts. And when hearts change, behavior changes. You want to know how a young man who's angry stops fighting? It's not by threatening him with a lack of hero points. It's not by suspending him. You want to know how you change that? You tell him about how much God loves him, how God hasn't abandoned him, how God has a plan for his life. And then when he turns to God, he gets a new heart. And out of a new heart flows new affections. You want to change Covington? It's through God. It's the grace of God. It's the gospel. It's Jesus coming to us on a cross, dying for us, being raised from the grave. That is the only hope for Covington. Hey, that's the only hope for the world. So let's be clear. This message right here from Proverbs chapter 4, the guarding your heart, needing a new heart, you want to change Covington? That's how it's done. God moving. So, in this room, you guys have decisions to make. 
Now we're not doing an altar call, but I do want you to make a decision. Some of you are in desperate need of a new heart, and you can make that decision right now. You can call out to God. God, I have zero affections. I want to have affections for you, for your word, for your church. Please give me a new heart, and he will. It's what Jesus talks about being born again. By faith, you will be saved. And then, some of us in the room, are, are, we have new hearts. but We put nothing in the way to guard our hearts. And you need to say, hey, I'm going to listen to the word of God. I'm going to start canceling this stuff. I'm not going to be doing this stuff. I'm going to stay away from this stuff. And I'm going to guard my heart because I see behaviors popping up. And it's a result of me not guarding this area of my heart. You need to do it. So, practical example, coronavirus. Everybody's worried about that. And it is, it is a virus. But we don't panic. We're not a people that panic. Our hope's in God. We trust in Him. We'll worship Him. We'll keep walking forward. We'll pray for others and we'll wash hands. Our hope's in God. Money. Retirement. Your joy isn't based on your income. Your joy is based on God. So guard your heart. Your savings account doesn't give you security. Jesus does. Eternal security. So guard your heart. So every area of your life, look at the behavior. Hey, and if you have somebody that can be honest with you, get them to be honest with you, because that's where it's most helpful. Have somebody call you out, and then understand they're not coming at you reckless. They're trying to help you out. You need to guard your heart. You need people in your life to help you guard your heart. Get a new heart, guard your heart. And then watch how God changes this city and this world. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you give us wisdom and the decisions we need to make. And Father, we have people all across the board going through all sorts of things in their lives. Father, we know our behavior flows from our hearts. So Lord, I ask that you do what only you can do. I pray that you save. I pray that you give new hearts right now as people are calling on you for that. I pray for new affections, eyes open to the glory of Christ and not the borrowed glory of something far less valuable. I pray that you break our hearts over our sin. I pray that you show us how to guard our hearts, give us wisdom in living our everyday lives. I pray that you guard our marriages and our parenting. I pray you guard our relationships with our parents. I pray that you guard our attitudes toward our work and our schools. I pray that you guard our relationships with our friends. I pray that you guard our hearts with the music we take in and the media we take in. Father, I pray that you move. Don't leave us the same. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.